Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Well, most of the time. Today's guests are visiting from overseas, and their story is just too great to not share. I am so excited to have my longtime friends, Don and Carolyn Armstrong, joining me today. Don and Carolyn are the regional coordinators for the Asia and Pacific region from the Church of God. Don and Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sandy. It's really nice to be with you. <laughs> and 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 not like through instant messenger or yeah. any of the other re- weird ways we've had to <laughs> figure it out. So how are you guys doing? Well, we are uh, kind of readjusting to life back in the States after being out for about two years. And uh, I think we're finally getting there. Uh, things changed quite a bit here in the last two years, so uh, we, we're we doing well. It, it's been good to, to visit family and to friends and to, with you guys the other night, and um, so we're, we're doing well. That's cool. And Carol on the Smoke's kind of getting to you today. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's, it's still wonderful to be back. It's, it's been so great. It's so great. And you're right, we, we got together the other night, and that was fun, and our dog slobbered all over both of you, and it was it was great fun. So it seems like we've known each other forever. Well. I, but I but I think that what we actually because we actually met when you guys were in Tanzania as missionaries, and you had come home on furlough. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to say that. My pastor is also your pastor, but he's also your <laughs> like lifelong friend. Tom mm-hmm. um, introduced us, and he was so excited. And I was just I knew there was something special from how excited he was about you guys mm-hmm. coming home. And it didn't take long to see what it was. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you came home. You, you served in Tanzania for how long were you guys in Tanzania? We were there 16 years. 16 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. You have some wonderful stories. It was only supposed to be four. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. I can... I can being being the mother of missionaries who are getting ready to enter the field, I can I can just mm-hmm. imagine. <laughs> Except for my son has told me, you know, this could be a long time, and I'm okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but then you came home and you stayed for like three years. You three would, four years. Yeah. I was gonna say you'd be mm-hmm. more accurate about that because me, I have no concept of time. <laughs> but Don, you and I were fortunate enough to work on some projects together, and that That's was right. fun. And mm-hmm. and That's you be- you became mm-hmm. fishing buddies with my Steve. my mm-hmm. hubby Steve, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so we got to know you even better. And and I have to just say that that Tom is right. <laughs> There's <laughs> something very special about the two of you. So um, let's talk about your story a little bit. How did you guys so uh, you, lifelong Christians? always been a church no yes yes Yes. (laughs) yeah we were both uh raised in in christian homes don comes from a quaker family and i was raised presbyterian and when we began dating i didn't really like his church and he didn't like mine so we started kind of looking around and and ended up in the church of god and we've been there ever since because of tom because of tom because of tom Uh yes it's it's kind of a melting pot i mean Mm -hmm. that's steve and i ended up the same way, and I don't usually talk a lot about where I go to church because I want people to find Bible-believing, Bible-teaching churches, and I don't mm-hmm. ever want to endorse one because mm-hmm. the Valley has many. 
Mm-hmm. But um, but that was kind of the case with us too. Is mm-hmm. I was one way and Steve was another, and mm-hmm. and we had to find a common ground. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Tom seems to be more non denominational than anything. And so yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. Tom and I met back uh, seventh grade, seventh eighth grade. We were both going to Jefferson Junior High School in Caldwell, Idaho. Oh my goodness! He's a PK. I'm a PK. And when gym class came to rhythms section which is dancing square, square dancing, dancing. Uh, we both brought notes from our father saying we were excused from to be excused from dancing so we were both sitting on the bench on the sidelines watching everybody dance and that's how we got to know each other <laughs> does that make you wallflowers <laughs> <laughs> so and then and then and then so who moved to Vancouver first? Because then you both ended up in Vancouver. So who moved to Vancouver first? Well, I went out to uh, Newburgh, Oregon to attend George Fox College or university now. And uh, I, I stayed out there, then wound up in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, then Tom came after four or five years to be the uh, youth pastor at the uh, Vancouver Church of God. That's cool. And uh, he stayed with us. and. Carolyn got to meet him at that time, and um, as we were looking for a church, Tom kept saying, you got to try this church, you got to try this church, you got to try this church, and we, we were reluctant because of Church of God name. We thought it was, well, we thought it was much different than it actually is. Mm-hmm. So uh, we tried it once, and we never left. That's cool. That's kind of mm-hmm. us, you know. We, mm-hmm. we went that, that dreaded phrase. We went church shopping mm-hmm. and found home. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although with with the ministry, I, I like you. I visit lots of churches, mm-hmm. and I have lots of church friends out there, and, mm-hmm. and absolutely love mm-hmm. that. Like I said, this valley is full of Bible believing, Bible mm-hmm. teaching churches, and mm-hmm. and that is part of what Steve and I do is we walk through the doors and visit churches, and because mm-hmm. we want to know that there's so many inspirational stories out there, we want to find them. Mm-hmm. We want to see mm-hmm. where where we can help grow mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, how did you guys get involved in missionary work? <laughs> Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Because we both grew up in Christian homes, we we came from a tradition that you don't just attend church, you also get involved. And so um, we both got involved with teaching Sunday school, uh, serving on boards, um, went on a missions trip with that Vancouver church down to Brazil, came back and uh, got involved in their missions committee, which was quite a substantial committee. I mean, they, they did quite a bit. We um, planned another work camp to go to Tanzania, and I was the lead person on it. As I got involved with that and attended some meetings back in Anderson, Indiana, which is where the Church of God is based from, really um, became convinced through a number of things. Well, really felt like God was saying to me in an encounter with him that there was something better for my life. And... um, I mentioned this to our pastor. His name is Pastor Marvel. He jumped the gun on us and said, well, you know, if you want to be a missionary, um, I can get you on the board. I, I can get you in into Church of, uh, Church of God Missions. And uh, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I haven't talked to my wife about this. She doesn't know anything about this because she was home, uh, and I was at this conference by myself. And so I got home, and I told Carolyn about it. She was a little bit upset. Um. Well, because he talked to our pastor, who I just almost idolized. He was so he was so wonderful, and I didn't want him to think that I was the unspiritual one saying no because he and Don had talked and he'd gotten so excited, and 
So he asked me, he <coughs> called me into his office, and, and, I, and I said, you know, I just really wasn't feeling the same things that Don was. And he said, well, you know, you, you pray about it and see how that goes. And I said, okay, but my intention was to not pray about it because that would give God a chance to say, yes, Don's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm not alone in this. <laughs> no. oh, yeah, so I'm just trying to, you know, to, to maintain a normal spiritual life and a prayer life, but avoiding this issue, <laughs> which didn't go well. You know, and over the next probably three months, all the things in my life that I had, had felt were so perfect, you know, my job and my home, my marriage, everything, nothing was going well because I was living in disobedience. I wasn't calling it that, but that's what it was. And then, and then one day God really shook me up and got my attention, and I knew that it was time to really pray about this and to listen. And then she comes to me and she goes, Don, we're ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Let's go. The application for missionary service was sitting on our living room table where it had been set for about four weeks. <laughs> it just kind of sat there. And I was ready to ignore God's call and just get on with my life with what I had. He recognized that I was the one shutting the door, so he thought he was sort of had had an out. out. (laughs) And when she came and said that to me, it was like, oh, well, maybe I can still get out. (laughs) Maybe this is just a test. But God really uh, yanked the the rug out from underneath my plans and uh, really made it plain that this is what he wanted us for, uh, for, for our life. And so... Filled out the application, sent it in, and by next, what, the following June, we were commissioned, and then we were on the field a, a year later. Yeah. So Yeah, it doesn't, a... it doesn't happen overnight. As, no, it doesn't. Know. Our listeners have, we've mm-hmm. had Drew, my son, in the studio twice, mm-hmm. and, you know, so our listeners kind of have followed their journey a little bit, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't happen overnight, no. so you're right. Yeah. And, and yeah. the way it is now is even a little bit more laborious than what we had. We had more of a... One of the promises Pastor Marvel said to us is, we will support you 100%. Oh, that's cool. And they did. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we didn't have to do all this fundraising like Drew like what and Sonny doing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that shortened things up probably by a year and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But we were, yeah. you know, by um, June of 1990, we were on the field in Babati, Tanzania. That's incredible. And, and, they, and they speak what language? Swahili. Swahili. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you, you were fluent mm-hmm. in Swahili when mm-hmm. you went over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, By the time no. you left. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there 16 years? Took yeah. you 16 years to become fluent. Okay. <laughs> it would me. I don't pick up second languages very well. So. Well, it's interesting in that we thought Swahili was rather difficult. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought it was difficult. We learned it. We were, we were doing okay after about two years, yeah. I think, in Swahili. But at, now that we're in Asia and we hear, we're hearing the Asian languages and, and we've been learning Thai, it's like, whoa, oh. Swahili was easy and we didn't, we didn't we recognize that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. So, so yeah, so we're, we're going we're gonna to come forward. So you spent 16 years in Tanzania. We're mm-hmm. back here three or four years. And then you felt called again. Well, the, um, our missionary board at the Church of God had a position in this uh, regional coordinator. The leadership in Asia had said to them, we, we want someone from the States to fill this position. We realize the need for it, uh, but we don't want anybody who's ever worked in Asia. But we want someone who's had uh, missionary experience but has never worked in Asia. You know, give it to God. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is this is the picture we paint, and, and, and that's a really unique picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and we knew that position was open as we were working here in in Boise, uh, but um, never really felt called to apply for it. 
until the head of the missionary board called us and asked us if we would apply for it. And uh, we were pretty well set here. We had a house. We had furniture. We had we had a life. <laughs> well, God called us back to the States from Africa uh, in, in just as clear of a way as he called us to Africa. And so we felt like we were here yeah. and we were where we were supposed to be. So we really weren't considering yeah. going back on the field. We thought we were done. We bought a house, bought furniture, both got jobs. You know, we were settled back in the States. Which is why we never applied for the position. Uh-huh. We thought we were here in Boise to serve. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and you were serving. I witnessed were. that. I was, yeah. I was on the front line, and I, mm-hmm. and you did. You served mm-hmm. beautifully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the the church is a wonderful place to serve here in the valley. You can't beat mm-hmm. it. But he called, and we we uh, we said we'd pray about it. And then uh, he said, "Okay, well, call me back in a week." And and we did. We prayed about it. Carolyn was a little bit more less so because she had just spent a lot of time getting herself uh, certified to be a teacher in mm-hmm. in the local school district. And she'd spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, worked really hard to get there. And now we were moving again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So she was reluctant. And I don't blame her at all. But um, but I did learn through the Africa <clears throat> process that you need to be where God is, is directing you yeah. because it, you, just, you just aren't happy. There's no peace when you try to stay where you're not supposed to be. And I... I learned that. <laughs> well, and, and nothing goes to waste. If, mm-hmm. if he sent you through the certification program mm-hmm. to become an mm-hmm. educator, mm-hmm. then there's a reason for mm-hmm. that. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's probably come in handy mm-hmm. more than once. Oh, it has. Absolutely has. So that was like in the spring of uh, 07. And then mm-hmm. in November of, of 07, no, that was in the spring of 08. Uh, November of 08, we went out to Bangkok to be interviewed by the Asian leaders. These are church leaders from different Asian countries that came together, and basically they would decide if we were acceptable or not. And so we met them in Bangkok. They interviewed us, talked with them, had a good time, and then they asked us to leave the meeting, and and they never really ever said you're in. <laughs> they just started extending inv- invitations to us to come and visit them. <laughs> so I yeah. guess that's the Asian way. Here, here's your sign. Yeah, <laughs> you're in. So, um, but this time we had to raise our support. We didn't have mm-hmm. a church, but um, and then, so that was the end of '08. In '09, we began to raise that support, and that came in over the next. That came in fairly quickly over the next year. But in that process, Carolyn was diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, that kind of threw a, threw something into the process that we weren't counting on. But yeah. God worked really well through all that. And I remember so those days mm-hmm. very she, well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She had full-on surgery and chemotherapy and radiation. and so. But then by August of 2010, we moved out to Chiang Mai, Thailand, and been there since. That's incredible. That's incredible. I have to say, Carolyn, because mm-hmm. again, I was there. I, I watched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were you handled that with such poise and such grace, and your faith absolutely oh. shone through you that whole time. Oh, I, I uh, clearly I wasn't at home and I didn't see mm-hmm. those moments, but <laughs> I was just like, oh Lord, if it's ever me, let me handle it with the grace that Carolyn hand, handled it with, because you were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So. Many of us have a stereotypical idea of what life as a missionary <laughs> looks like. So, um, yeah. So, but I know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. So, what what are some of the things that missionaries do? Some some of the things you guys do. 
Okay, the first thing that just popped into my mind is a phone call that we got not too long ago. Um, COVID's pretty bad in Asia, and um, we got a call from our our church leader in South India. And that's a very Hindu nation, and Hindus burn their dead, and Christians bury. And the Hindus see that as just really... um, uh, gross and and just uncouth and and they don't like it. So anyway, with COVID and and the deaths are racking up, the Christians were just burying so often in the cemetery, and the Hindus were just appalled. And they actually went to court to get this stopped. Oh my goodness! And so the court ruled that um, that we had to stop burying until we could fence the cemetery. So not, that the Hindus couldn't see. Yeah. And not, not just a fence, but a wall. A wall, yeah. 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 So that's what was going on. And so we get a phone call one morning from, from the, our leader in South India saying, I need money for a wall, and I, I need to start like today. Because the bodies were stacking up. They were told that they could not bury, continue bury. to bury until they had this wall up. And, you know, and we have this fund. We call it our Asia Fund. And we have different people that contribute to that. And so that, that lets us be responsive to just these off-the-wall, left-field things that you don't see coming, but you need, need to respond to. Mm-hmm. And so I think our job is so hard to describe because you're just always reacting to needs that come up that you don't always anticipate or see coming. Yeah. But it also entails, um, well, before COVID hit, mm-hmm. it required us or allowed us to be able to visit like South India, to speak mm-hmm. in their conferences and to mm-hmm. get to know the people and to mm-hmm. have tea with them. Or North India, or there's any of a number of about 23 different countries in Asia and Pacific that we work in. So, you know, when when they call us and ask us for help, we have a relationship already. Yeah. He's just not asking out mm-hmm, of the blue. Mm-hmm, right. And we know the situation, we know the church, and we know the people. And so, you know, after 10 or 11 years of doing what we've been doing, uh, which is basically relationship building and bridge building between the church in Asia and the church in the United States and um, recruiting missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's kind of what our job entails, and we do it from uh, a city in northern Thailand called Chiang Mai. Which I hear is beautiful, with beautiful beaches. It, no. Yes. It, 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 so. Well, Thailand has beautiful beaches. Where know. we are, there aren't beaches, yeah. but we can get there easily. But our job, I think... Part of the fascination of our job is that it's so different. In the 24 countries that we work in, they're all completely different, different cultures, different languages, different, different perspectives, and different religions, certainly. We've yes. got, you know, Buddhism is big, Islam is big, um, Shintoism. Shintoism is big, lots of animism, and, you know, and that's just all, all in the mix. And so with, we work with our church leaders and our missionaries, and we work with um, f- you know, future planning. We work with problem solving. We work with connecting resources throughout Asia. You know, some of our countries are economically strong, and others are not. And so we get the the ones that can help, helping out in the situations of other countries that are struggling or needing to build churches or whatever. And so, as I'm as I'm watching the timer, one mm-hmm. of the things that we talked about before we we came on air is we were talking about um, Don. You were expressing concern oh. about mm-hmm. the needs and in Myanmar and, mm-hmm. and what's going on there. So let's talk, because that yeah. is part of your region. So let's yeah. talk about that. Well, it's right next door to Thailand. And uh, we, we have a fairly strong church there. But, you know, February 1st, they had a coup uh, that toppled uh, quasi-civilian government and put them all in jail. 
and uh, then the the people themselves rose up against the the military that orchestrated this coup. And since February 1st, there have been ongoing demonstrations against that government. There's even been some armed insurrection against that government. And um, the government has, you know, done all the usual tactics of, you know, sending in police, sending in military to crack down and to arrest and to harass. And it's been kind of effective, but the people continue to come to the streets and continue to demonstrate and recently, well, COVID has, of course, been rampant throughout Asia. And all the governments have done as much as they can with quarantines and with vaccinations and all the rest in order to contain it. But in Myanmar, they're just letting it go as a way to suppress the masses. And oh, so sad. you've... You, you've, oh, you've yes. So hospitals are full. There's no medical care for them. And uh, it's uh, it is a... Way to the way for the government to control the people. So we need to really we, we need to mm-hmm. we need to come together and pray. Yeah, mm-hmm. we for, do. For folks they really need our prayers, no matter what denomination, no matter what religion. Mm-hmm. The people of Myanmar need our prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have, I have another friend who is actually from that region. Mm-hmm. He, he's from the jungle region between Myanmar and India, oh. and so um, he kind of keeps <clears throat> me a little bit apprised <throat> of what's going on. But mm-hmm. I didn't know about all of this, so. Mm-hmm. That's just it's incredible. Yeah. So is there anywhere our listeners can follow the adventures of Don and Carolyn? <laughs> I should have asked that before we came <laughs> on. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we usually send out once a month uh, a, a piece called Friday Photo. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, f- a couple of photos with what's going on in our lives that, or what, what ministry is going on. And you can go to our website at uh, Global Strategy, Chalk Global global strategy you can find us and our our newsletters are printed there on that site that's and and i look Mm -hmm. forward to that friday photo every time don and carolyn thank you so much for joining me today thank you very much for having us oh this has been been fun this has been we could do a month's worth of shows (laughs) (laughs) um folks this does bring our time to end for this week we invite you back next week when we promise We'll have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.